welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. And I know I say that at the beginning of every episode, but I truly am really thankful that you do listen. And I hope that you learn a lot from these podcasts and able to kind of sprinkle a little bit of the lessons into each of your days. This is usually where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. But this week, I'm going to do something a little bit different. And I know we had a different episode last week where I replayed the talk that I gave at the Newcastle Idea Bombings event that was part of the Hunter Innovation Festival. But a lot of people have been emailing me about this notion of time. And if you're a, a listener of the podcast, then no doubt before you've heard me say many times that time is the true currency, that we each get paid equal amounts and we can't bank our time and save it up. And once it's passed, we can't get it back. Live immediately is all about time, about doing the things that you love now and not pushing them off to another day. One that might never arrive. So in this episode, I'm gonna talk about three simple ways to take back your time so you can start doing the things that you love with the people that you love today. Hopefully you'll be able to implement these little rules, these little techniques into your own day-to-day -day life. Now I learned these simple rules while my family and I were slow traveling through North America for a year. I had no choice with all of these lessons. As you'll hear, things happened that were out of my control. Circumstances changed and I had to adapt, but I learned these great lessons along the way. The thing is though, that I was forced to form new habits and I saw the benefits and improvements in my own life that I've brought these new habits home with me and I've reaped the benefits in my daily life here back in Australia. Now. The first lesson is to have no data on your phone. I know that sounds drastic, but hear me out here. The first place that we were staying in for four months was this little town called Clam Lake. It only has a population of 37 people and it was in the north woods of Wisconsin in the middle of a national forest. The only telephone tower for miles was this Verizon tower which meant we needed a phone that would work through the Verizon network. But when we got to uh, America, we were staying in New York City for a few days over Christmas. And since we were in this big city, I thought that would be the best place for us to be able to convert our Australian iPhones and get like a Verizon chip and something like that. I quickly learned that the Australian iPhone doesn't work with the Verizon network for whatever reason. So when we finally did arrive at Clam Lake in, in Wisconsin, I had to go out and buy a prepaid phone. And the only phone that like, I could really see that was affordable, because we only needed it for that year, was this phone that kind of resembled a Nokia 8210, but not in that cool vintage way. All this phone did was really make calls and receive calls. It had no roaming data on it. And while we were traveling, I was the main carer for our then four-year-old daughter, Andy. There weren't many of her waking hours where she wasn't right by my side. We'd go to the library together, grocery shopping together, 
we play in the part together. All of those things that you do as a parent who is looking after a young child. The only difference is this time, because the ability to have data on my phone was taken away from me, I couldn't reach into my pocket, pull out my phone and flick through my social feeds while Andy wasn't directly with me. All of those times waiting in the grocery line or when she was off playing with the toys in the library or playing with her newfound friends in the park, all of those times I just had to watch and wait. I learned very quickly that just because Andy wasn't near me didn't mean that she wasn't engaged with me. She would often look up and check in with me. I think it was part of her reconnecting with that safe zone of her father, but also to see if I was watching all the new things that she was doing, the progress that she was making, the new obstacles she was overcoming. I would also notice other kids looking up and checking in with their parents too, only to find their parents looking down into the palm of their hands. It made me think of all the times that I used to do the exact same thing. It was a little strange at the beginning to kind of feel like someone pre-1999 and not be connected all the time, but it didn't take long to get used to either. But the thing that really helped me was that choice was taken away from me. I didn't have the option to reach for my phone anymore, so I slowly grew out of the habit to reach for it. It is nearly impossible to find a phone plan that doesn't have data. And to be honest with you, data is great for things like Google Maps or GPS. So my tip is to take data off the apps that you know suck your time and that you continuously reach for your phone to use. Apps like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, any other form of social media and any mindless game that you might have. To do this on an iPhone, and I'm sure it would be something similar for an Android too, I've just never used one, you go to settings, you click on mobile, you scroll down, and then you untick all the apps that you want to take data off. It's that simple. You'll still be able to use those apps on your phone when you're connected to Wi-Fi, but you won't be able to use them when you're out and about with your kids, or on public transport heading to work, or waiting at the doctor's, or at a cafe with your friends. By taking the data off those apps, you're making it easier on yourself by taking the choice away. Use this time just to be, to think, to be fully engaged right now in that moment. It's okay to sit and do nothing. Allow your mind and your body to rest in this busy world. By doing this, I've found that I'm more present, even in other areas of my life. I'm more content. I feel that my life is fuller as I'm taking so many things in. I get it. This is a big step. And to be honest, I know it's one that many people listening won't do. But if you do do it, you will notice a massive difference in your life. And so will your kids. The second lesson in taking back your time that I learned on our family adventure was to turn the TV off. Again, the choice was taken away from me as the place we were staying at in Providence, Rhode Island and in Canaan in upstate New York both didn't have TVs. When we first arrived in Rhode Island, we thought it was a little bit different that there was no TV, but it was something that we got used to very quickly. 
I wouldn't say that we were big TV watchers anyway, but in the evening we would often sit on the couch and watch the box. But the amount of things that you can do when there is no TV is simply amazing. Our entire evenings changed. Andy couldn't ask or pester us to watch the TV as there wasn't one. She ended up amusing herself or her and I would do more things together. We started playing cards as a family after dinner and that became something that we all really started to look forward to and it's something that we started to do at different times of the day as well. Inga started drawing at night and not for work. As many of you know, Inga's an illustrator, but she simply did this for pleasure. She had fallen in love with the New England architecture and the homes that we would see on our trips and she would illustrate them in the evening. She would put them up on Instagram and people loved them too. So much so that people from all over the world wanted her to illustrate their own homes. And now house illustrations has become part of her business and it's something that she just loves doing, all because of no TV. I launched this podcast while we were in Rhode Island. I had recorded some episodes throughout our travels, but no TV gave me the time to really focus on it in the evening as I was with Andy during the day or we were out doing things as a family. By the time we ended up leaving upstate New York to come home, it had been four months without a TV. And even though we do have a TV in our house here in Newcastle, the no TV or very limited TV habit is still alive and well. Andy will watch some TV on a weekend morning or occasionally after school. Very rarely will Inga and I watch TV in the evening, but if we're not doing anything on the weekend, then we'll often watch a movie or a documentary on Netflix. The funny thing is that there are just so many things that we do now because of no TV that we just don't have time for TV anymore. I work on the podcast and other live immediately things in the evening while Inga continues her house illustrations or we'll just hang and talk or read books. If there are things that you've been wanting to do but you feel like you never have time to do them, can I suggest turning off the TV? It was a massive eye-opener for me, and you'll be amazed at how much time you get back. The third thing that I learned about taking back your time from our family adventure was waking up earlier. And again, this lesson was kind of forced on me. As I mentioned before, when we were on our little family adventure, I was the main carer for Andy. It was beautiful being around her so much, and it was one of the main reasons why we wanted to do this trip in the first place. But I'd be lying with you if I said it was easy from the beginning. I didn't realize how much I would miss my own space. I know, I know, I can hear every stay-at-home parent saying, I told you so, that's nothing new, we do it all the time, and I hear you. But it was new to me, and it did take some time getting used to. From the moment Andy was awake to the moment she went to sleep, she was by my side looking at me for entertainment. I initially tried to do my personal things like reading or writing while trying to entertain her, but I think we all know how that panned out. I didn't do either of the things well, and I got easily frustrated. I decided I needed my own time back. And the only way I was going to be able to get it was to get out of bed before everyone else in the house. I decided to get up an hour earlier and it changed everything. 
Yes, it was a little difficult at the beginning, especially as it was the middle of winter in the northwoods of Wisconsin and the temperature never got above minus 10. Initially, I thought I hated getting out of bed earlier, but really, I just hated getting out of bed. Like, think about it. It sucks getting out of a warm bed, whether it's 5 a.m. or midday. But once you're up, you're up. And that's what I kept telling myself. And I soon grew to love that first hour. It was my hour. I could relax into the day and start my day how I wanted. Some mornings I'd write, others I'd read. I'd do a little bit of exercise, meditation, a peaceful morning coffee. Whatever it was, it was my time. And I think that's what I loved about it the most, that it simply was my time. Then when the household would start to rise, I was refreshed and ready for the day. I was happy to stop what I was doing and be there for them as I'd already had my time. I paid myself first with time each morning and it made a huge difference. Inga started to wake up early too so she could do some work and then we could all head out as a family together during the day. It's something that we both still do now back here in Australia. We're up around 5am starting our day so that during the day, when the sun is shining, we can go for a walk together or head to the beach when it's warm. Andy started school this year and I've noticed that our mornings are a little slower and calmer when I get up earlier. As I'm calmer, more organized and I'm not rushing everyone out the door. So if you're looking for some me time, you might find it in that hour before everyone else in the house wakes up. When you do wake up early, before the sun has risen, you'll feel like you've already won the day. You've somehow captured more time in the day and it just feels amazing. So there they are, the three simple ways to take back your time. Turn data off those apps that you know suck your time away so you can be more present with the people you're around, especially your kids. Let your mind and body simply be in the moment. Turn the TV off and start doing all those things that you've been putting off or saying you don't have time to do. And wake up an hour earlier so you can have a little me time, time to relax into the day. Give them a go, try them for a week, tell a friend and do them together so you have someone to be accountable for and let me know how you go. Flick me an email at mike at liveimmediately.com as I would love to hear your stories and hear how you went. These three simple techniques have been huge game changers for me and have led to so many other wonderful changes. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.